I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. It is the year of the eye doctor, this 2020. The eye doctor, as in, all right, now cover your left eye and tell me what you see. I see your pretty nurse wearing very tight slacks bending over. <laughs> no, I mean, what letters do you see on the eye chart? J A B C D R O. Hmm, that's very good. Looks like you have 2020 eyesight. Yeah, Doc. And the bottom line is Z J Y W C C U X Y. That's my Polish friend's last name. How did he get up there on your eye chart? <laughs> yeah, well. The New Year's 2020, the year of the eye doctor. I'm sitting here in my big, comfortable, manly, black leather papa chair in my living room trying to recover from 2019. The smart guys in the white lab coats, the talking heads on TV, and the heavy-duty financial guys always try to look ahead. They want to figure out what's going to fall down on our heads soon. That's what they always say, soon, soon. It's going to snow soon. See, soon can be any time or no time. Soon. We'll do it either in January or August. It's like when the guys will show up to repair your TV set. Soon I'll be there. (laughs) They like to look ahead to make their guesses. I like to look back at what's put us where we are today. See, you can make a story out of what's already happened. You just start your story by saying, once upon a time. See, because once upon a time has a magic power. I remember Sister Mary Knucklebuster used to use that magic to stop us fourth grade boys from dipping the girls' ponytails in the inkwells all those years ago. We behaved. She always said, if, if you guys behaved, we'll, we'll have a story just before letting you go at 3 p.m. Of course, if we didn't behave, well, she wasn't called Sister Mary Knucklebuster for nothing. And for those of you who do not have the benefit of having gone to school in those days, inkwells were holes cut in the desk where you kept your inkwell. No, ballpoint pens hadn't been invented then. Neither had the Internet. Yeah, that's right, believe it or not. No Facebook, no Twitter, nothing. They were the days and nights of Louie Louie. Black and white TV. Rabbit ears antennae. The original Mickey Mouse Club starring Annette Funicello wearing those big ears. Stories are magic. You know, stories grab your attention even when you should be very busy doing other things that everybody tells you are more important. You know, I think everybody has a few real-life stories to tell. They're usually about the big things that happen in your life. You know, like your first real kiss, for example. Not some big sloppy slurp from your maiden aunt. I mean mean the first real smackaroo right on the lips from somebody who turns you on. (laughs) I got mine from Jeannie Campbell when I was about seven. 
I get turned on early. What can I tell you? And thanks, Jeannie, in case you happen to be listening to this. Your first paycheck is always a big event. Mine was for $8 when I was 12-year-old working in my grandfather's butcher shop. First time you got a job, that was something you remember. Also the first time you lost one. That's probably the subject of some of the biggest stories you tell. So is your first car and your first fist fight. That's the way it is for guys anyway. I'm not I don't I'm not sure about the girls, what your big firsts are. The word first comes up a lot when you tell the once upon a time stories of your life. You know, but I've done almost 700 blogs and podcasts now, and they're all stories of my life. So I don't have very many big firsts left to tell you about in my life anymore. And that means I have to look around to find lots of very small firsts, you know, which is really good because it makes me look more carefully at what's really going on around me. Look carefully, see? That's how you get to really appreciate the first scent of fresh coffee beans when you open the jar. First time the Christmas tree smells like you remember it from when you were five years old. No? Maybe the way your woman looks sleeping in the first light of dawn. Pretty often, you have to face the first time that there's a last time in your life. Like the day you suddenly know that it is time to retire from a career that you've loved. Or when it's time to tell an old friend that his political and religious views have become so extreme that you just can't talk to him about that stuff anymore. I had to face an awful first for the last time in 2009. It was when I realized that I probably won't ever get to talk to one of my daughters again. And those of us who are members of the Louis Louis generation have been around long enough to know that it's going to be the first time you know it's the last time that you're going to see your mother or your father or your husband or your wife. You know, and that's why Happy Holidays just doesn't cover the realities of Christmas and New Year's. Happy Holidays is a phony thing. You know, it's like, have a nice day. Happy Holidays. The magic in Christmas is about Santa Claus and music and presents and good food and close company and love, mostly love. And those are all honest and real things. But it's also about a once upon a time story about giving birth to a baby in a stable, a stable, a stable as in a place full of straw and, and animals that have soiled the straw and featuring a very strong smell that doesn't need a description here. And the desperation and pain that a young woman feels giving birth to her first child. A child who has in his future nails and thorns and a broken heart. And, you know, somehow she seems to know that story. It's like the smart guys who like to look into the future on New Year's. And how about the Christmas child? How about being born into a smelly, cold stable? Huh? If you believe those stories, the child had more than a little idea of what was coming. How about Joseph? How about Joseph, who had to let his pretty young wife give birth in a stable? 
How does that feel, do you suppose? Happy holidays just doesn't let you touch the power of the hope that we still always manage to feel for New Year's. You know, watching the ball drop in Times Square. You know, that hope is genuine magic. It's honest and real, even though there's no logical reason for it, especially at the end of the kind of year that we've had. Our president is impeached. Excellent American blood is still turning Middle East sand bright red. And worst of all, of course, for many of us personally, is that we'll never again hear at least one familiar voice that sang Old Lang Syne with us once upon a time, maybe even just at the beginning of the year that's leaving us now. You know, the very fact that you're listening to this podcast is amazing to me. It's kind of a, a magic thing in itself because there's no logic to it. You're probably not going to learn anything listening to this podcast. Certainly not going to learn anything you can't figure out for yourself. But you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't get something from it. I don't know, maybe you believe in magic too. And you're just like hanging out with somebody else who understand that magic feels so good. Anyway, thank you. That's good. It's the main reason I do these podcasts. There is a magic about talking with you like this. It's a lot like the magic that I felt in all those years I spent on the radio. Some magic you have to see to believe. Those magic things are tricks, the things that you have to see to believe. Real magic works the other way around. You have to believe it before you see it. That's the real magic thing. It's not logical. And you know what? Sometimes it doesn't work. But that's the way it is when it's real magic. So I hope you'll drop in on this podcast through the new year, just like most of you did through 2019, because I really like the company of folks who understand that magic hides in little beginnings, like like opening a fresh jar of coffee, huh? Uh, or meeting somebody new who loves laughs but isn't afraid of tears. Somebody new who doesn't mind taking a long trip that ends up in sleeping on the floor just because that person cares about spending some late night time with you. My brother John and his lady Beth did exactly that this Christmas for a family gathering. So did our sons, Mark and Eric. It was a special time for us. Hope you had some special magic around Christmas too. But you know, if not, Maybe it's not too late to work something like that out. But be careful if you try that. If you take the chance of starting to believe in the magic first. Because some people are going to make fun of you, you know? And I must admit that that real kind of magic sometimes doesn't work. At least not right away. But you know, it usually does. If you give it Enough time to grow.
Growing up is faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. It jumps the tallest people with a single crunch. Growing up teaches you that you'll never catch a squirrel. It chases you in out of a summer rain. It warns you not to laugh too loud. It sits you on a chair instead of the rug. It keeps your shoes on. Growing up disguises you. It hides your kid name that means something like shorty or hot lips behind a Mr. or Ms. It even makes you answer when a clerk shouts next. Growing up means no more trying to look through walls with X-ray vision or running fast enough to really fly, even when you're wearing new sneakers with Superman's signature right there on the ankles. It's finding out that the new moon isn't really God smiling down at you, so you won't be afraid in the night. It's finding out that your father isn't the strongest man on the block. But if you're a boy, you mustn't cry about it, and you mustn't kiss him goodbye. Even when inside, you're afraid that he might not be back. Growing up is carefully learning the differences between the good guys and the bad guys, and it's finding out that you're a bad guy for liking the touch and feel and scent of people. You mustn't even touch yourself. Growing up is trying to hire Santa Claus. I'm no Peter Pan trying to hide in Never Never Land. I just like cold chocolate milk better than martinis. And I'd rather play crazy backyard football with some friends than watch perfection on the tube. And worst of all, sometimes I have to admit I cry. I'm no Peter Pan looking for a Wendy to mend my socks and cook my supper. I have a mother. One's my quota. I'm me. I'm looking for you. I want your inner quiet. I need your center of gravity. Will you risk letting me mean so much to you that you scream inside? Will you risk lying naked and defenseless in late sleeping mornings with me? And on other mornings, will you risk being late for work because you look so soft that I must have you once again thoroughly before you go? Will you risk wet floors and thunderstorms because the cool breeze and fresh grass smells so good that it's worth leaving the window open and chancing a sudden drenching shift in the wind? Will you risk walking with someone who likes to admire tall buildings even when he's not a tourist, someone who gets more interested in how a hot dog tastes? Than whether he gets mustard on his shirt. Will you risk a life of wildflowers, or those runty little roses that they sell in subways? Because orchids have a price, and I don't want to sell all of my life. Will you risk your life with a Clark Kent like me? I think you and I could help each other get over growing up.
time ago, my lady wonder wench trusted that magic. So far, it's worked for us. And if all goes well, or even if most things go well, we'll have at least one more year, at least one more year of magic together. story is called Growing Up. It's from my Love and Touch spoken word story CD. It was written a long time ago while I was still riding the subway in New York. You know, some of the stations there in New York, the subway stations, have little shops right there in the station where they sell runty little roses. Obviously, we can't know the stories that this 2020 year of the eye doctor will bring, you know? But I believe that as long as we're honest and real in telling our stories, we'll keep finding the new little first times in our lives that'll make our magic strong. Till the next time we sing our old Lang Syne together. How about how about trying that now? Just just you and me. Come on, let's give it a try. Huh? Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot in the days of old Lang Syne? We'll take a cup of kindness yet for old Lang Syne. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.